Hi, and welcome to Spartan Speak, a product of the Lansing State Journal, Detroit Free Press, and USA Today Network. I am Graham Couch of the Lansing State Journal, here with my colleague Chris Solari of the Detroit Free Press. And it is a May 1st, Spartan Speak. That's when we're recording on uh, Monday morning, uh, the day after, um, and the weekend we're after. Talking, Jayden, Michigan State baseball, right? That's what we're, we're talking about. Absolutely. And Jaden Reed going in the Ten. NFL draft. If there's yeah. anything else, yeah. I've missed it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, no. Uh, obviously, Sunday was a uh, was a big day for MSU football, not in a great way. Um, they lost uh, three transfers and not the kind who are leaving for Akron. Uh, starting quarterback Peyton Thorne, uh, top receiver Keon Coleman, uh, and starting cornerback Chuck Brantley. And um, what's funny is by the time Brantley happened, it was like there was no bandwidth for any surprise. Or <laughs> I mean, any other day, Brent, uh, Brantley would be kind of, oh, that's that's interesting news, but it you know, the the story is Thorne and, and, and Coleman, uh, because you just don't see that very often, where a guy who, and I know he's in a quarterback battle, but he was the start of the last two years. Um, I think of most of the prevailing voices that you talk to, sort of in the know, um, will tell you that he was ahead coming out of fall camp, maybe a shorter leash than he would have wanted. Um, but, uh, and then Coleman was the heir apparent to be the go-to guy and had already become that to some degree last year at times. And uh, a guy who's got a, a potentially bright NFL future. And based on what just happened with Jaden Reed, even though he had an injury filled season, there's no evidence to say you can't do that at Michigan state. So him leaving, um, doesn't, doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, uh, but, uh, Chris, your initial thoughts when you hear all this yesterday. I think you need to start with Thorne because that was the first one of the day. Well, let's start with Brantley because there were rumors and, and whispers that Brantley might enter the portal after the season. And he went through the spring and was not in in uniform, but not on the field working uh, during the final spring practice. Neither was Keon Coleman. Um, but the Brantley thing, you know, he's already got, you know, he's reportedly got two offers uh, out there from Colorado and Oklahoma. So it's, it's this is not like any of the other kids that they've lost in the secondary. I mean, this is a guy that started a number of games, had the shoulder injury in 2021, um, started 11 games last year. Know that he had some some he was targeted a lot and teams threw at him a lot. But he was also 10 yards off the ball because that's the way they played their scheme. Um, and. Let's face it. I mean, this has been a bad defense for three years under Mel Tucker, uh, particularly against the pass, but last year also against the run. So th there needed there needs to be changes, I, I think, on that side, no matter what. Um, but obviously, Brantley was one of his recruits, um, so that gets him out of the way. Now let's go to Thorne because Thorne was the first guy in in uh, on Sunday and. I, you know, when we got done talking to Peyton Thorne after that final spring practice, um, I know you were pushing him on a little bit of the injury stuff, and he willingly and openly started talking about it. Um, a couple times during that interview, something he said was, you know, I don't know if I should say this, or I might get myself in trouble, but I'm going to say this. And to me, that that was the first tipping point that I had this could happen. Now, did I think it would happen? No, I thought he was ahead in the, in the quarterback race. I thought it was one of those passing thoughts. Like, 
man, this sounds like a guy who's out the door and doesn't care if he's going to get in trouble following program rules. Right. Um, I thought maybe like two, no, no more than a 5% chance that he would leave. Well, here we are. Right. So there, there were outside of the initial shock. I went back to that moment and then listened to it back and listened to, he kind of gave some clues uh, in that interview. Cause he, you know, someone asked him, what do you plan on doing this summer? And some of the things that he talked about, well, I'm going to graduate in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be done with school, except my I'll have the postgraduate stuff is how he called it, but I'll be done with school. Um, and then I'm going to go to Jaden Reed's draft party in Florida. And I'm going to stay down there and work out and then head back to my, my uh, workout with my dad in the summer. What was missing? Anything about working out at Michigan State or with his, his teammates? And, and, you know, when you go back and the clues were there. Um, and the clues were there that there was some frustration, I think, in that he did open up like that. And well, he didn't he just catch, like he didn't get his, he did. I don't think he felt like he got defended enough from his staff by how hurt he was. And he didn't just catch us by surprise with this. I mean, he, I think he, he caught the staff by yes. surprise too. Yeah, I, is- I, I heard that exact same thing as well. Uh, that that you know, for however much people want to say, and I think you wrote it in, in your column that you posted. Monday morning, uh, pretty succinctly, is that you can find anybody to fit your narrative. Um, but I think they were flat-footed. There's no question. I mean, quite honestly, l- you look at the number of quarterbacks that are in the portal right now um, and go through the rankings that they, you know, the, the site that that does the rankings for the portal guys, um, all the top guys are already landing. They've already pretty much landed, with the exception of Cincinnati's quarterback, who's still available if, if Michigan State wants to go a graduate transfer veteran route with, with a guy. And, and I mean, if you're going to bring in a guy, you've got to then, you know, you don't feel that Kim and Hauser are ready. That would be um, the ultimate tell, though, if they did that. That would be the ultimate. Would. Thor- but but at the same point, they also right. they also brought in Anthony Russo. True. So true. let's not let's not. I mean, you have to have I mean, because you I don't think you can go in with just three quarterbacks two of whom really have no game experience whatsoever. Um, yeah. You, you got to protect yourself. And, and I think from Sam Levitt's standpoint, unless he shows up on campus and totally is a, a, a phenom, um, you, you want a red shirt. If you want to do but what you did with Caden Hauser this before year. Before we move on, stay on, stay on that point. Cause I do, I do think it is, it is, I mean, it's not that Michigan state hasn't done that before. You know, you go back to, the Jeff Smokers, who was a backup initially, the Ryan Van Dykes years ago, different era, obviously, um, where you had a true freshman as a backup, not a lot of depth there. I do think it's hard to like, it's hard to bring somebody in. Russo thought he was coming in to be the starter, and I I don't know that it would be easy to sell that to somebody unless um, it's you an really open think competition. Would be. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't lose your two year starter and two time captain. And then have two guys and say, well, it's a done deal that Noah Kim is the guy. Um, as it seems like everybody in the program, all the players, after they quite clearly at some point midday had a had a powwow session to to refocus the messaging after the players really expressed their true feelings earlier about the the shock and, and frustration of the moment. Um, but it, you know, they're all saying it's Noah Kim. Yeah, they coalesced around Kim. Yeah, which is smart. He's the veteran guy. He's the next guy. And but they don't. I mean, they don't make the call. No. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum that 
the, the that's the one position that gets decided on the field and you coaches can say whatever they want. Now that said, um, you've got still Noah Kim as the last Mark D'Antonio quarterback recruit. And if you are a head coach in a program, I mean, quite honestly, let, uh, were they opening this job up for Noah Kim or were they opening it up for Kaden Hauser in the spring? I mean, and I, I still, you know, I've heard some whispers about how that was handled uh, and that Mel Tucker may have been the one who broke the news to his players in the press conference with us that there was an open competition on March 13th. So, you know, I think that there's, there's clearly something either you want to get your guy in there at some point. Um, because I mean, that you, we've seen this number of places, coaches want their players, coaches want the guys that they brought in. Um, Kim's only played for Mel Tucker. So there's that, but at the same point, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, th this is a, a program that has has fallen into the star trap. But you, quite you, honestly, they, when you have m multiple stars behind your name, uh, they're the ones that they want to put on the field and attract the next four star, five star kid. But you also want to win, and I think coaches yeah, want to win and, and 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 play the right quarterback. And, and Noah Kim's the most ready guy this year. That that'll be the that'll be the choice. And ultimately, that's why you know. Peyton Thorne won the job. He was better than Russo. He was more reliable than Russo. Uh, he was more engaged than Russo. And and so he was the guy, even though he Russo was a the guy they brought in. Um and and you just you you go with the uh you go with the better you go with the better quarterback. I it is gonna be um I you know I think Thorne was a little irked about the way things went down. I think I think from Thorne's perspective, you had this 2021 where you are on the rise. And then you have this mess of a 2022 where you're hurt. Guys around you are hurt, including Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman at times. And nothing goes well. And so. Well, let's 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 focus on that, too, because I do think that you mentioned those guys being hurt. But to me, the bigger issue in this was there was no run game and everyone could say that Kenneth yeah. Walker did everything in 2021 to get Michigan state to where it did. He still had a guy that threw for 33, 3,400 yards and set a school record for touchdown passes. That, that comes from yes, having defenses focus on the run game, but also the delivery, right? So to you have point. no run game and you're still calling flea flickers. And well, putting your quarterback point. in an exposed position. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, if you look at from Peyton Thorne's standpoint, that would be frustrating, I would imagine, as well. Because if you have a, uh, if you're trying to, nobody was buying that, that flea flicker last year because they were running the ball 35, 45, 55 yards a game tops well, for, most, it, for much of the season. And to your point, like I, I went back and looked at a lot of Jaden Reed's best catches in 2021 when I was doing a column after the draft on him. And just sort of because I wanted myself, you know, I think we forget what he was at his peak at time. And I just wanted yeah. to kind of, before I wrote it, just sort of be immersed in the best moments of Jaden Reed. And some of those, I mean, there were some great catches, but some of those throws were, were, were special too. And, mm -hmm. and, and you for, sort of forget that. And so you have this mess of a year. And I think in Thorne's head, he's thinking we're all in this together. Yeah. I'm, I may not be playing that well, but they understand I'm banged up. They understand we don't have a running game. They understand the receivers aren't what they were. 
I'm clearly the best option to get us through this because they haven't gone to somebody else and, and, and they understand it. And I think, I think his frustration is probably that he feels like, well, wait a second. I thought we were on the same page here. And, and so I, you know, and, and then it became an open competition. I'm sure that there's also, I mean, there, the, the frustrations are, I think there are probably a lot of things, you know, there are things um, in terms of the voices, uh, outside the program and the negativity that surrounds him that surrounded some other MSU quarterbacks over time. There are, um, I, I think, you know, there was some NIL stuff that, you know, the thing about NIL that's interesting, you know, you know and, and I wrote a little bit about the collectives in today's column, Michigan State not having one. And likewise, and I don't think, and I, I don't think NIL on its own was really the driver here, but, but it is, you know, talking from people who had NIL deals sort of with, Thorn and other things like they did not get return on their investment. And a lot of these, um, you know, I think for a lot of places, that space is going to get interesting because there are places that are true collectives and want, you know, we just want the guys to play for their team. They don't really want any return other than that. But from a marketing standpoint, if you're a company, I think that's going to change pretty quickly. And and, and I know that some of that had changed for Thorne. I, I don't know everything that was out there. At some point, it also depends on what, you're, what you consider your investment. I mean, that's exactly right. what you said. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, it, it it's not supposed to be pay for play, but let's face it, it is. And it's not simply, you know, marketing deals. I mean, this is literally, I mean, just look at the Jordan Addison situation. I wrote about that uh, in my piece. I mean, you, you could see the Jordan Addison situation last year where he leaves Pitt as the Blitnikoff Award winner and parlays it into however much, because we really don't know. And, and I was at the Big Ten uh, Commissioner uh, Tony Petiti's uh, introductory press conference. We really don't. They, I don't think the schools even know how much these kids are making. There's, well, in they, some cases they, they, they the do. Administrators have talked about the lack of transparency with how these deals are coming together, how much money it is, and they're all in a bind quite a bit. But in some cases they do. I mean, like MSU's basketball team, those guys are doing pretty well. It's about, you know, I think like 12 to 15 guys on the football team doing pretty well, right? And so, you uh, you know, and like they understand how much there is there. Now, the exact figures, you hear different things, and, and, I, and I don't have sure, that. But what, I mean, but again, that's that you're talking about tangible payments. What I mean, there's there's other things that go beyond that. Yeah, there's there's cars. There's all the other things that. Yep. Are, are they getting a house? Are they getting something else? You know what I mean? These are things that that are out there. Quite honestly, that have always been out there. Only difference is now nobody can stop it. And, and MSU is going to have to decide. I think. And 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 look, everything is evolving quickly. The way that players are compensated may be different in two years than it is now. Think about NIL is just two years old. Think about how different it feels. How long these two years feel. I think MSU at some point is going to have to decide how deep they want to go in this game and how they want to approach it. Do they want to do the collective that's sort of, you know, where you coalesce around one entity and push donors of all levels to give to that? Um, right now, that's not what they want to do. And that's fine. I think you have to decide what you want to be and then be it and what you can stomach. And But there are, you know, in, in certain ways, there are a price for it. Now, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think in either one of these cases that, was the driving force. Keon Coleman may, as he's deciding on where he's going, be partly persuaded by an NIL offer. But I think his biggest concern is is getting to the pros, and uh, that will be that well, will be interesting. Paid either way, I mean, quite honestly, either you're getting paid in the front end or the back end. 
Well, but that's where I think he needs to be careful a little bit. Like, if I'm Keon Coleman, I, he understands Michigan State's offense. It's not that Keon Coleman can't go somewhere else and be a receiver and be great. He's a big-time talent, and I, I wish the kid well. Um, but he didn't. it's not like he understood MSU's offense, like, at the snap of fingers. It took him a minute. And he has it down, and he's going to be featured in it. And so if you go someplace else, and all of a sudden you're not featured, and you don't pick things up as quickly, does that help you get to the next level? I, you know, I, I don't know that this. I, I don't know if the calculation by him. I'm sure he's got people in his ear telling him, but I, I don't know that it was the right move for him. He may totally prove me wrong. I hope he does. I hope he has a, 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 an unbelievable career for him. Um, but I, I found that, I, you know, it's sort of the Let's, reason you start I wanna, the year. I, I found a little interesting. I, I want to revisit what we were talking about with the NIL collectives and everything as well, because I think there's. I mean. Let's face it, we all know that Matt Ishby has given a lot of money to Michigan State and is really one of the driving forces behind that SD4L brand and everything. Um, that you have, At least I'm asking myself at this point, the circumstances have changed for Matt Ishby. Now, instead of paying Keon Coleman, he has to pay Kevin Durant. So you've got two separate entities here that he's dealing with with his financial status. But his I, circumstances change. How much has it changed? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. In basketball, I don't even know. If he's, donors, right. In basketball, is he going to be able to keep doing it the same way? I right. don't even know if the NBA will allow certain things. It'll be it'll be interesting. That's exactly see. right. I mean, yeah. there, there are parameters legally with some of that stuff that they can't do. Um, but but back to Coleman, um, and, and I think it kind of dovetails into basketball. It, it, to me, it, I went back to the – the winner. And, you know, that was one of the big promises that Mel Tucker gave him in his recruitment. It, you'd be able to play basketball as well. And it, it, the, the circumstances of Keon Coleman showing up after Christmas, ready to practice basketball, then a week later saying, no, I'm not going to, I've decided to focus on football. Um, I know that there were conversations that were had, I guess the one thing that, I mean, you know, when we talked to him, we talked to him once this spring and, you know, he, he seemed like he was happy in, in playing football, but also a little sad that he wasn't playing basketball. And he talked a lot about that, about play, you know, missing basketball and kind of getting away from it. So, you know, who knows how much that played a factor in it, but the bigger issue is to me is that, if you put that out there for a kid in the recruitment process, you you don't pull you know pull the carrot away after one year and say no that we, we that was just one time now you're just doing this. I don't know if that played a factor. Maybe and that's the thing is like if someone wants to put him on their basketball team, that could be a determining factor. Uh, you know, here's where I here here would be my argument against that. Um, and again, I don't know exactly where his head is on this, but I do think he sounded like a guy. And I think he's a kid who can be influenced. But he sounded yes. like a guy who they had. Well, clearly, I mean that that right. promise influenced that, them to Michigan State. Well, and that and, and that's what's happening right now with with him as well. But I think that that also, you know, he he sounded like a kid who'd been reached in terms of to get to the pros. The NFL is your you know, and 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 a lot of times guys, you know, under they understand this at a certain point. The NFL is my money. This is my ticket. This is where my focus needs to be. Even if I love that, and I can't imagine in a year that he thinks he's headed to the NFL draft that he would join a basketball team. I, I don't know that that has a huge part in this, um, but uh, it, it is, you know, you, you, 
there are two components of this. You don't want to make a habit of losing a guy like Keon Coleman to the portal. You're, Michigan State is going to lose guys every year. This The last day of the transfer portal, it's going to be a day people dread. And they're going to get guys every year, too. They are. And it's going to be it's going to be transactional. It's going to flow. It's not going to be as enjoyable as it used to be. That's just what it is. And uh, you can choose to still be in, embracing it, or you can be like me and watch a million Premier League games and be happier elsewhere. In the current um, construct. Yes, yeah. Because I, so, I, you know, one of the things in talking to the Big Ten commissioner, I asked him about you know, the fact that the NIL stuff was basically federal legislation, and he sounds open. And I thought this was maybe the in- most interesting thing that he said on Friday. Uh, he said that he's open and amenable to more federal intervention to get it right because they can't go state by state. That It's a different model for what college sports is versus anything else with how many schools are in different states. And I mean, but they need some oversight and they need someone to, to be a, either, I don't want to say governing body, but they, because that's what the NCAA is supposed to be. But they, I mean, when you put this into legislation that, they have to be able to do this. You have to have check marks for what the schools now can and can't do, which it's literally just been the wild West since, since it was enacted. There's zero accountability on tampering or anything like that right now. And that needs yeah. to change too. Cause that's, 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 that's an issue um, that just part of the culture it's baked in here. And, and, and that's, you know, there, there's just no recourse and, and no repercussions. And, um, and from a long-term picture, I mean, and I think we talked about this yesterday. Um, you know, how much are casual fans going to want to stick around? I mean, and that if you're the college sports, I mean, you rely on the, the alumni and alma mater all that much, but major college sports rely on the casual fans too. If they don't know who these guys are year in, year out, and then you can't, you have free agency essentially, um, where guys are coming and going one year at a time. Are you, what are you doing to, to your brand ultimately? I mean, that's something that administrators, and I guarantee, that administrators around the country, the NCAA and the federal government is looking at Colorado, seeing what Deion Sanders has done in brooming out basically 60 guys from an 85-man scholarship roster or somewhere along those lines and saying, wait a second here, we got to push pause on this because this isn't what it's supposed to be. It's, they wanted to prevent coaches from basically throwing kids out and bringing in other kids. That's, I mean, because right now, that's what that situation in Colorado looks like. Well, it's to the nth degree. And there's also, yeah, there's all sorts of ramifications when they start getting in the courts about what's going on there. And and, and uh, I think it, it's going to be a fascinating couple of years. And, and if you're MSU, you just got to kind of stay with it and decide what you want to be. And there are going to be some frustrations. You're going to lose some kids. Uh, but you also aren't going to have every kid be um, Keon Coleman. Right. Uh, you know, there's a difference between Keon Coleman and Jaden Reed when, when you talk to them. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so Jaden Reed is, is you know, you're, as long as you have more Jaden Reeds than you do Keon Coleman in terms of kids who are probably more easily influenced and whatnot, you're going to be okay in certain ways. And not every kid, you know, it's still a big deal. I, I, I brought this up to Izzo's press conference and part of a question. And I was just trying to, it was a poorly phrased question and it was, but it was, because one of the things I was trying to point out was like everybody talks about, Oh, it's so easy to transfer and leave. And it is easier than ever. If you want to go, you're still picking up your life. You're still giving up your friends. You're still giving up the security of everything you have there. And so if what you don't have, like if you, what you have, you don't like, it makes sense. 
But it's still like to me, if I was at college somewhere, I, I mean, I can't imagine after two years of college having somebody be able to convince me, hey, you should leave the life you have there with what you're enjoying for something else. Now, there's enough money for it, and you got to make sure you're in the ballpark for that sort of thing. And, and, and kids have different priorities and all that stuff. But I, I still I think, think that's, I think though, that's the difference between 25, 30 years ago when we were in college, 20 to 25 years ago. Um, and now, because I mean, we're doing this on Zoom, right? We, we didn't have to do that, right? Kids have different ways to connect. Um, and quite honestly, you look at this Zoom right here that we're doing, and please don't look at this Zoom because you're not going to see it. You're just going to hear it. But we can talk to each other. So can every other agent and coach and everything else. Just contact kids. And guess what? There's no paper trail anymore, right? There's no there's no phone bills. There's no phone numbers saying, oh, look, um, this number from uh, I don't know, what 310 in L.A. called Keon Coleman. Um for you know that's not there anymore so you don't even have that you don't even have those checks and balances anymore where you can say it so anybody can contact anybody and i think from that standpoint though kids i think are more transient and you know everything is in the moment i mean it's you know it's instantaneous it's not it might be picking up your life in some respects but if you want to keep in touch with people you have abilities and ways to do that and you can and, and again the camp culture the AAU culture, all of those sort of things that have emerged in college sports or, and high school sports really over the last 25, 30 years again as well. Um, these kids have friends at all those other schools because they know them from the camp circuit, from the national team and national scene. So it's it's I think it's just a lot different than it would have been when we were around being – even when we were in athletics. I mean, it no, wasn't – yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in that sense, and I think you know that um, you also have to get kids. It's more important to get kids sometimes who want to be there and, and sort of you know beyond, um, like the reasons a, a reason a kid commits. Like I think the strength of a kid's commitment and the word that I often struggle with on the front end is a real good tell of whether they're going to stick around with you. You know, if you feel like you got a kid, you didn't think you were going to get him. Wow, that's interesting that he wants to come here. You maybe aren't going to get him for a long time. You got to have more kids who really want to be there who are, and and I think that's now you also have to get a certain level of talent and keep building the program so the kids who really want to be there are of a higher talent level because eventually as you lose these kids and you're going to lose kids, you know, you don't want it to be your starting quarterback and top receiver every year, but you want to have a depth of talent in your program that's just a nick. It's just not that big a deal. You're going to bring some people in. Your program is, is and, and, and that's where Michigan State football has to, uh, has to get to. And, and, you know, that's, that's going to be a, a, a challenge, a challenge ahead over the next couple of years. Cause I still think one of the things that's nothing that happened yesterday changes anything, I, how I feel about the program in terms of the Mel Tucker era for better or worse. Now he's got a lot of work to do. And I still think, you know, it, it, the only way it does is if this year winds up being some abject disaster. Right. And it's like, well, wait a second, but I still think 2024 is the first year that you really start ought to start to see some signs. And 2025, when his first true class is seniors and redshirt juniors, that it's fair to say, okay, where are they next to Ohio State? And if, if it's going to happen, we ought to be able to see it. Um, and, and that wasn't going to happen this year. Like Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman were not going to be part of whatever big winning, if it ever happens at Michigan State. They just weren't. They were there. And so that they, they're not part of, you're not losing 
them from that possibility, um, which I think is important. The other thing is one of the, with Thorne, you know, all of this is still a product of modern times because in the old days, Thorne wouldn't have transferred. He wasn't going to sit out somewhere. But nowadays, part of this happens because you're trying to manage a quarterback competition. You're trying to keep younger quarterbacks happy. And in doing it, you alienate the older quarterback and he goes, you know, like it's, it's a tricky dynamic and that's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, maybe coaches now need to kind of pick the brains of the seven on seven summer coaches and the AAU basketball coaches on how to deal with this because kids team hop all the time. And those, those sports, they keep put rolling the products out and they keep going and getting them right. Um, But you're right though, about, you know, the, the, the fact that you lose an experienced quarterback, I mean, that's ultimately the position that you need it. And there is, and I think Tom Izzo's, Tom Izzo has been 100% on this, 100% of the time since the whole transfer portal and immediate eligibility all came up, right? Um, the the development factor isn't there. You know, the, 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 the thought that these kids can develop, well, what, what did Peyton Thorne do in 2022? Well, he can't get any better than that, right? Come on. I mean, that's that's been the hallmark of college sports because these are kids in the developmental stages of their careers and their their talents. That's what it's supposed to be, right? I mean, they're not supposed to be pro athletes because they're still learning and growing. And he's and- a kid that, quite honestly, with, what, 26 starts under his belt? If he has 12 more starts, 13 more starts – you know, could have ended up being a, the school record holder for passing. Yeah, you you want senior quarterbacks. You want them, and yeah. if they're still developing, unless they've hit a plateau, unless you've got somebody better underneath. And we're going to find out this fall how quickly Noah Kim and Kate Hauser can reach that 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 level, and which of them is in place. And uh, and maybe maybe Michigan State will be absolutely fine. Maybe Peyton Thorne will go somewhere else and have some of the strange struggles he had last year when he's healthy. And it it'll be like, wow, this was. This was a, a a different competition, but you know the thing is, I, it's still going to be predicated on what happens in the run game at, at yeah. Michigan State. Quite honestly, you have to run the ball. I mean, quarterbacks can, can only do so much. And you can talk about people say, well, if if, if Peyton Thorne was only going to do one more year, although he had two years left technically eligibility wise, I believe. But even if he only had one more year, then what's the point if you're trying to build a program, get somebody younger in there? And I'd asked Mel Tucker early in the spring about the idea of all things are equal. Do you go with the younger? the younger guy but there is something to if you're trying to develop every other position you may have an older quarterback but it's better for your younger wideouts to have a guy who hits the mark who's you know it's better for your offensive line and running game to have a guy who truly can run the whole show it's better for the development of everybody else in the program to have the right guy at quarterback again the 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 two younger guys may may be that i i have serious doubts whether um you know i like i mean whether Katen Hauser is going to be ready by this year as a redshirt freshman, just based on uh, you know conversations I've had, I you know maybe I'll maybe you, you can find somebody to tell you though that Katen Hauser had a great scrimmage and that he's you know in, in the mix. You can find somebody to tell you that Noah Kim at times was the best quarterback in the spring, but the prevailing voices of people sort of in the know are that Peyton Thorne was ahead. Hey, and, just guess what? In in two and a half months, three months, you're going to have someone telling you that Sam Levitt's the best quarterback on the roster. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, how it is right now. Yeah, There yeah, are, I mean, you, there are yeah. voices that are echoing whatever you want to hear. 
or and they're in different camps. And and or, and or, I do or think they're, they're echoing or they're echoing things to basically keep other players from transferring. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm always careful about. You have to know that everybody has an agenda sometimes when they're telling you information, and and what the what their reasoning for it is, or who they've talked to, or what their perspective is, um, who they are within the program, who they've liked, who they came in with, how they see things, um, and and that can and look that that's straight to Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker can see things differently than Jay Johnson sees things, you know, and, and those things can all, um, but I think that's an important thing to know, but I think it's important to know though, that, that from everything I know and everything that, you know, this was not Peyton Thorne being told you are not the quarterback here. This was Peyton right. Thorne catching them off guard. He had a really good chance to start as a quarterback. Now, maybe he would not have had, uh, as long a leash, um, as he would like, and maybe he felt the heat, uh, maybe he was frustrated by that, but I, I this was not them running him out, or or even saying to him, "You're probably not going to be the guy." So if you want to transfer, because they would have done that by the way before and, the and last again, day. Of the you can transport. say that too that this that they were taken off guard and everything else, but you can also look at it and saying how this was handled may have been done just to, for this inevitable resolution. I mean, you can look at it any number of ways. Quite honestly, that you know that they, but the, the proof was there, and the people we've heard from, you know, Thorne had the edge. And does that mean he was going to be the starter all season? Nope, we don't know. Nope, I mean, we don't know, and and we'll never know unless he somehow comes back from the portal, which I don't think he can do, because I do think like what what Keon oh. Coleman could, could come back. He's a receiver. When you're the quarterback, I do think yeah. once you're the quarterback, you're the leader of the team. We talked about leadership. Like once you move on, you're 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 relinquishing that. And so I don't think Peyton Thor can come back. I don't think you get your teammates back when you leave and come back like that. Um, yeah, this I isn't like AJ Hogard testing the draft water. No, very different. And and I think as a receiver, um, you can you can do that now. Because receivers are all – it's a diva position anyway. Like, all these guys are out for themselves. They want the ball. They get it. Uh, I, I but, mean, quarterbacks. Well, some – yeah. But you, you should bring up – or you bring up the, the basketball. And I think while that's not only different because it's a it's a process in testing the draft, you're not picking a right. different school, you're picking a different level. I think if the NFL equivalent existed, that would make all the sense in the world for these guys. Um, but it's also what, – what Michigan State basketball has is what MSU football should aspire to. A.J. Hogarth, there's no single player, A.J. Hogarth, uh, uh, Jaden Akins, who can leave MSU basketball and hurt the program to the point that they can't have a great year based on everything else they have. That's what you want to get, a depth of talent that one person's decision doesn't mess with you, and they're just not there yet. No, they're not. And I, you know, It's hard to say where, that, where Mel Tucker's program should be right now because I do think that the pandemic did disrupt things. I mean, you basically had his first recruiting class all done over Zoom. So, and his, and quite honestly, the first recruiting class he inherited in 2020. So you got 2021 20, out of the mix. So now you basically got one set of his his true recruits that he actually that he and his staff actually got to see physically and watch rather than just doing it over Zoom and through tape. Two. Uh, and then you got the second one coming in this fall. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's what you got nine years left on his contract. And, you know, you know, I know a lot of Michigan state fans have, you know, there's quite a bit of Michigan state fans that have 
I don't want to say turned on him, but they're starting to sour, I think is probably a way to say it. But you can't really do that at this point. I mean, it's two, one, there's too much left on the deal. And, you know, who's going to pay that buyout? Is that straight on the university or is that the donors as well? Don't know. It's going to have to be on the donors, quite honestly, because you're looking at 87 and a half million right now, if you, if you were, because there is no buyout clause based on the things that were negotiated by the donors. And that said, um, you also have to give Mel Tucker time, you know, and, 100%. you know, he, and, and I think you've wrote it before it, you know, the time is going to be there for him because of that contract. And as long as he has a couple people, I mean, as long as he has key donors in his corner, you know, as long as he has the Ishpias and the St. Andres, and as long as Alan Haller and, and the, you know, if the people are, are who either who put him in place and paid him, are in his corner and they are because they're, you know, they want this to work. Then he's okay. Like some, I get asked all the time, is Mel Tucker on the hot seat? Well, who's hot seat? Like he might right. be on a fan hot seat, but like, so if you think he's on a hot seat to you and they go four and eight this year, but then in 2024, they go nine and three and 2025, they go 11 and one. Like whose hot seat was he ever on? He wasn't on a hot seat. He was just, you were just annoyed by him. And, and so there, there's, I, I think that that's an important thing. He is, to me, he is not on a hot seat. Now we will revisit if 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 he has a disastrous year where it looks like the program is, and I just don't think it's going to happen because I do think, while I don't think they're going to be great this year, and I think losing these two guys does not help. I do think there is a an improved depth of talent up front on the offensive line. I think. Um, I think defensively building in the trench on the defensive side too. Yeah. I think there's a chance they're just better in certain places. That's going to make them solid. And, and, and as long as you start to see that, those are the things that are important at this stage. But I also do think while we talk about, I mean, you can say based on 2021 that last year was kind of a disaster, but it was still a five and seven season. That was one win away from a bowl game. Right. Um, but you can look at this the stadium in that Indiana game and see how few fans were there. If there are more of those kind of games, then you start seeing some of that. I mean, if 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 they do have a disastrous season this year and That's a big fans issue. aren't going, yeah. Yeah. now you've got you've got a bigger problem and issue that you got to deal with. Because I, I I don't remember uh who I was talking to, but you know, you, you can't you can't damage your brand at some point. I mean, and that's ultimately putting bodies in the seats is going to be important. And you you saw in 2021, one, it was coming out of the pandemic, so people were starving for it, but they were winning and people showed. Um, when they when they hit that road bump and they go five and seven last year, there were there were points where that stadium was what three quarters full, half you know, half full by the end of games. I mean it. That's going to be important, though. I think it's that's, important. That's, though. The, that's where the fans have their voice, quite honestly, in this process. But I think it's also important as long as it looks different. If if average looks different, and you know, if average is, hey, wait a sec, that offensive line looks like it's finally getting somewhere. And, and if okay, for once in their big games, like say Ohio State this year, the level in which they compete in that game looks different than it has in the last few years. You know, I think as long as it looks different in certain ways. They, you know, it, it might turn out that at quarterback they are a little young and they do make some mistakes. And Noah Kim, for every dazzling throw he makes, has a turnover that drives people nuts. 
uh, or or that Kaiten Hauser is just not quite ready, or that um, you know they do miss that guy at receiver who really draws defenses and is a problem no matter who they're playing. That could all be true, but if it looks different, if the defense looks more competent and more able, and they win a game because of the defense at some point, if they're more competitive in a certain matchup, if they are better up front, I think people, if they start to see growth and change in the program, they can deal with they can deal with it being average. What you can't have is a disastrous year where it's two and ten, three and nine, whatever, or the year where five and it's five and seven again, and five and seven looks identical. It's like, That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Is five and seven one of those kind of years where I mean you could say all those things about the development and growth, but if let's say you have that development and growth and you're still five and seven, it's the circumstances behind them. I think it's how it looks. It's how they compete against certain games. It's you know now obviously some things go wrong in a five and seven season. You're not going to be happy throughout the year, um, but does it feel like there's still some? There there will be murmurs if they're five and seven. There's no doubt, um, but I I don't think. You know, if you take Jaden Reed, like we talk about Kenneth Walker. I was going through all the his stats and his games. If you take Jaden Reed off the 2021 team, they it best, it best win seven games. And last year, it best win four. And like that's the thing to remember. You can be one player, one injury away from something. So that when I when I that, say that when was with the off, nation's worst pass defense. Mind you, right, and but on top of that, you know, you mentioned about Reed, um, and and I know people want to. I mean, you'll continually forever for the rest of their lives link Peyton Thorne and Jaden Reed, right? But you, we talked earlier about last year when Reed was. I mean, he missed the one game, and you saw what Thorne and and Coleman could do. And now, granted, they had to pass their way back in that game because there was no run game, and the defense was getting skewered. Um, but to me, when, when I look, when you, when you want to see what, where Peyton Thorne's value was, look at, at those last couple games of 2021, when, uh, Jalen Naylor was out as much as Jaden Reed was a factor, Jalen Naylor was stretching the field in, in some of those games. And he's an NFL receiver, right? And he made Montori Foster and some of those other guys look good too. So, I mean, that's ultimately what he would have had to do if he came back this year is basically have the, the connection with Keon Coleman, but then also have it with Foster, have it with Trey Mosley. Uh, no one ever talks about Trey Mosley. He's kind of the quietest number two receiver out there. Um, but, you know, that's I mean, but he had established relationships with those guys. Now you're starting hitting refresh from everybody else. It'll be. um it's going to be a fascinating fall camp because now we know there will be a different quarterback. Um, it'll be uh, interesting to see who else emerges among those receivers because we had kind of, uh, you know, you can kind of count on who the top three or four were going to be. Um, and so the, a lot of things, a lot of things change. There's a room for for playmakers. And look, sometimes you don't know a guy's a star until he becomes a star. You know, so there may be another guy who's ready on the roster that we just aren't aware of. And you know what? Maybe Kaiten Hauser will show up in August and, as some people like to say, be him. I hate that term. Why do you use it? Don't don't use it then. It's the worst. It's the worst. Sorry. Well, yeah. The guy. He'll be the guy. He'll be yeah. the starting quarterback. He can't be him until 
he wins a national title, right? Gosh, I, it, it drives me nuts. Or a I, Super Bowl. You can't yeah. be him. So maybe that'll be one of those two things. But even if that's the case, I truly believe it's not because he is the guy right now. And I think that's something he's still got to develop into. He's a young quarterback. It takes time. Um, I think, you know, he's obviously a guy with some, with immense talent. They, they knew that. That's why they recruited him. Everybody knows another, that. Another case in point of what college sports is supposed to be about the development process. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, Caden Hauser could have that. Yesterday could have been the light switch going on for Caden Hauser. Yeah. You know, I mean, yesterday could have been the light switch for Sam Levitt to say, I'm coming in and I'm winning this job in fall camp and I'm going to make sure that I'm the guy for the next four years. We, I mean, that's the beauty of, of college sports versus pro sports because college sports in, in quotations, right? I mean, because it's not that anymore, but it has been over the years where guys, I mean, like a Blair White story, right? Blair White shows up in that one bowl game and they're throwing passes to him like, who's this guy? Yeah. And then he ends up being a guy that is a NFL player. Like those development stories, I mean, it's not, you're in the NFL, you're getting paid the contract to be the guy there's not there's not oftentimes room for development or time for development and even, and even in the nfl the best cases are often developed patrick mahomes if yeah. you listen to the story about, for god's sakes you listen to the stories about patrick mahomes and, and, and alex smith and that first year and the things that mahomes will tell you he didn't know in terms of reading defenses understanding certain things that alex smith took time and andy Reid, they, they worked with him on and look what he became and that's just natural and and so i sometimes i feel like i'm pushing back against uh Kate and Hauser the idea of him I I I am not I Kate and Hauser I, you know I hope the kid at Michigan State has a brilliant career that I would want nothing else for him I, I mean the Patriots could have stuck with Drew Bledsoe yeah you know I mean those things happen this is that's what yeah. the beauty of sports is guys change develop and grow yeah. and become something different sometimes I just think having a realistic understanding of where things were Free Peyton Thorne transferring is 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 important and and look, you know, uh, it's 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 not that I don't think the battle was over, and that may have bothered Peyton Thorne a little too. I don't. I mean, he was going to have to keep performing well in August, as he should though. I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, I, to, to be fair to MSU, we talk about Peyton Thorne being irked about. I mean, what is MSU supposed to do? You have a quarterback, even if he's injured, an offense that struggles. You've got guys underneath him who want their chance. Just because Peyton Thorne's older than him, he doesn't get to exhaust his eligibility while their eligibility wastes. Right, like, and that's something we no, we don't talk about. Peyton Thorne has two years of eligibility left. Noah Kim has three. And but he he's got to win that job year after year. The, the difference is what they what they could have said is they could have internally said like you you got to you know you got to keep winning the job over these guys you know and tell these guys you got a chance if you can beat them out we're going to give you the reps. But they could have publicly said look. He's got a lot of experiences. He's tough to beat out in that sense. But these guys will get their opportunity as they do every year. And if you phrase it like that, and fra- it, it maybe it changes things. Maybe it doesn't. And um, it, it, it would have been interesting. And, and look, maybe MSU will be be fine. We'll have complete coverage, and, and already do at, at, at freep.com at lsj.com. And if there are more developments, we'll have those as well. Um, next time we we do one of these, my guesses will be. Uh, like a, a Jaden Reed, AJ Hogard, something. Or Jaden Akins. I mean, maybe. Jaden Reed, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even talk about Jaden Reed in the draft. Good for him going in the second round. He showed up, you know. And, yeah, well, and there's a great Derringer and Amir Speed. 
the NFL, yes, the uh, Behringer is a you know great story, phenomenal um, story. That's one of the best. That's one of the best development stories in the history of Michigan State football. And in Amir Speed's another guy who transferred in and gets drafted. That's a good deal for MSU. There are all sorts of. You know, probably should have written that in the column. Like there are lots of things that developed this weekend that were great for MSU. The, the, these two guys headline it because it's now. It's a reminder that people don't care about guys once they leave because the the big story was not Jaden Reed or Amir Speed yeah. or Bryce Berenger. Um, and uh, but it is, uh, uh, yeah, no, I uh, the the Jaden Reed thing going fiftieth. Look, that's the highest uh, drafted receiver since Devin or since Devin uh, Thomas. Devin Thomas. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, keep, keep in mind, Mark Antonio never recruited a receiver who was drafted in the first three rounds of the draft, which is pretty remarkable to think over as long as he was there. And um, sure. this is another guy who, who's um, in the NFL found him, even though he didn't have a great year. He had a great senior bowl. He had some great moments. He grinded it out which I think the NFL appreciates when he wasn't healthy. And he's got amazing tape from his junior year and some moments in his senior year. And that was enough to get him a, a really sweet deal. And I don't know how much higher he could have gotten. Um, it's interesting he came back, but it didn't hurt him. So uh, as, 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 as it turned out, that's a, that's a cool story. Well, Like he said, he put some things on tape. He put some things on tape. We will have, uh, again, coverage at uh, freep.com, lsj.com, greenandwhite.com. We appreciate you listening, rate, subscribe, throw fruit, whatever it is you might do, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.